Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Well, good morning, Horizon Church family. Um, all the way from Love Quest International Church. I'm just gonna call this today my home away from home, at least one of my homes away from home. Is that okay? Y'all give me that just for today. Um, from Pastor Julia, who is my beautiful wife, my children, uh, Love Quest Church family, we just wanna say thank you to Pastor Craig and Pastor Shanda for giving me this opportunity. I do not take a man and woman of God sharing their pulpit, allowing me to speak to their people that God has placed them to oversee and care for and protect. I do not take this moment lightly. And so I just wanna start off by saying thank you. You guys have wonderful pastors. You guys have wonderful vision. And I'm just happy to be a part of it today. I just wanna pray before I get in this word. I believe God has a word for you, not only for today, but it will also be something that will carry into the next season of your life and hopefully seasons uh, moving forward, not just one, but, but perpetual uh, blessings to come into your life. So Father, we just thank you this morning for your many, many blessings and favor upon your children, Lord. I thank you that we all have eyes to see and we have ears to hear, Father, whether we're at home, whether we're in our cars, whether we're watching it now, whether we're watching it later, Lord. I thank you that our ears are sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is bidding to us this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that the season that we're in and we're heading out of, Lord God, is a season that is setting us up for one of the greatest harvest that we've ever been a part of in our generation, in our lives, and that this culture will be a part of. So we thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to be a part of your plan, your future, and your hope, and this amazing expected end for your people, Lord God. We thank you that we're free from error today. And Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you that in any moment that error tries to creep in, I am aware, I'm awake, and I am quick to correct uh, myself, Lord. We just thank you for this word today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Even if you're at home, say amen. Tell your kids to say amen, amen. Anyways, today I want to talk from the topic of eyes to see. Um, we've been in a, in, in a time, uh, and I believe it's just been, it's been pandemics all of our time on earth. We have cancer, we have racism, we have um, uh, death, we have mental illness, um, we have poverty. Man, there's been so many things um, that the world should have paused for. Um, but the people that should be pausing the most, the people who are called to deal with pandemics and the sin of this world, to be the light of this world is you and I, the church. Um, and how can we help this world that is blind to see? Uh, how, how are we going to help culture advance? How are we going to walk alongside a world? Jesus said, I've come that I can destroy the works of the enemy. And I, and I believe that you and I, if we believe, as the word says, we shall do the same thing that our Jesus did. And that's really win souls and impact lives. Let our light shine unto men, because we are the salt of the earth as well. We are not a light that shall be hidden. But if we can't see right alongside the blind, 
then how are any of us ever going to walk into the light at any moment in our time? We should, when people see you and see I, it should speak clarity, it should speak hope, it should speak love, it should speak faith, it should speak joy, it should speak life when people see you. So dark times in the world is, is exciting times for the church because we that's what we're sent here for. We're in this world, but we're what? Not of it. And so this has been a very exciting time for any person of faith and of the faith. This is a very exciting time because inside this this dark time there's treasures that God has hidden to be manifested in this time in uncertain times these are the times where God begins to reveal his goodness his majesty his love his grace his mercy and I don't know about you I understand there's been stress and anxiety and people have lost their jobs and people have been sick you may have lost family members but man I'm telling you this is the hope this is the gospel this is the power of God unto our salvation. This is the moment of truth, the moment where your, your faith is being tested. As Jesus said to, to Peter, what did he say? I pray that your faith does not fail. We can't be hiding when the world is hiding. We can't be depressed when the world is depressed. We have to be the answer. You don't go to a doctor that's sick to find out how to get healed. Your doctor, hopefully, when you go get your checkup, is well, or he probably should be at home. I don't know. But we have have to be the light unto men. We are not the destination, but we are for sure a sign, a signal, uh, a road sign. We are a people that when they see our relationship with Jesus, they should say, hashtag relationship goals. And so there is great treasure found in great darkness. There is great treasure found in great darkness. Um, you have to understand that the greatness that is inside of you is going to come out in some of the most darkest times, the most challenging times of your life, your friend's life, your family's life, uh, the, whatever happens in culture. Those are times we should get excited. Why? Because your faith is on trial right? Not your house, not your, not your car is being attacked, not your dream career is being attacked. Your faith is being attacked. Your love is being attacked. Your hope is being attacked. Why? Hope deferred makes the heart what? Sick. And so the attack of the enemy, he could care less about your physical possessions, but he will use them and the Lord will allow them to be used if you're married to them, if your car is an idol, if your home is an idol, if your children is an idol. Man, these are the moments that, that, that we lick our chops for. Why? Because there's a platform set. What do you say? I am preparing a table in the presence of your enemies. And I'm going to sit you right there at the table. And I want you to focus on the table, not your enemy. On the table is hope. On the table is blessing. On the table is favor. On the table is love. On the table is strength and power. On the table is where you find your greatest victories, not focused on the news, not focused on social media, not focused on the pandemic. Be wise, get information, but do not make decisions based on the bad news news, make decisions based on the good news. Can I get a amen? Amen. Mark 4 says this. Before I say Mark 4, I want you to understand this. Knowing God has to be as much a priority as needing God. I'll say it again. Knowing God has to be as much as a priority as needing God. 
That's a, that, that's, that's a lot to think about because we often, our relationship with God, we're always talking to him. We're always telling him what we want, what we need. Uh, we're always asking him questions. And if we look throughout the Bible, when we look throughout time, he has a lot of questions. When you're looking for an answer, he often asks you a question. When you're looking for a way out, he often asks you a question. We have to be a people. We have to be sons and daughters. I hate it when my kids just want something, but they don't want to get to know me. They don't want to just hang out. They don't want to just cuddle. They don't want just a hug. They want shoes. Right? We have to want to know God as much as we need God or need something from God. And I believe that this time has forced us to go back to the basics. God, I want to know you. I want to know your will. I want to know your heart. I want to see your face. I want to hold your hand. Mark 4 says this, verse 22. Things are hidden temporarily. Things are hidden, what, temporarily. Write it down, temporarily. It may feels like, feel like it's never going to come to pass. It may feel like you can't crack that, that word open. You're not getting it. You keep butting your head against something. You're like, God, why is this happening? Man, this, this, this COVID-19 happened. Then the, the race issue happened. But the race issue been happening. Sickness been happening. But now all of a sudden, when things have to be shut down, then God has our attention. And it's when we have, he has our attention, not only is he talking to us, purging, not only is he, 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 he's trying us, not testing, he's proving us. Not only is he bringing healing and restoration and purging, but he's also unveiling some things if we have eyes to see. Things are hidden temporarily. You might have looked at this season as a time of taking away or loss. But I ask you, I pose a question to you, a different perspective. Maybe this is the season that all the years you've been praying for breakthrough, all the years you've been praying for advancing, all the years you've been praying for healing in your family and in your marriage. Maybe this season is the season that that is going to manifest. But do you have eyes to see? I believe this season, as much as it's a reality, I believe it's also a distraction of the enemy. Depends on how you use it. Things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. It says things are hidden as a means to revelation. Things are hidden temporarily as a means to seek God's face, seek God's heart, a means to. They're not hidden to keep away from you. They're hidden and protected for you as a means to pursue God. He said, if you delight in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Not come after me for the desires of your heart. Then when I give it to you, then you like me. Only as a means to revelation, for there is nothing hidden except to be revealed. It's like an Easter egg hunt. Like, that would be such a cruel parent to hide the egg somewhere you know the kids won't ever find them. But they're hidden out of sight, but here it is, still in his or still in your presence. Where you're going to find them is in his presence. And that's where he desires you, in his presence. All, have, all blessings have been given to us in heavenly places. 
He has given you access. He has torn the veil. He has removed the priests out the middle, and he's given one priest once and for all in the pattern, in the likeness of Melchizedek, and you have access, so you come to the throne boldly. And guess what you'll find? Not only him, but you'll find you, who you really are. Might I be it to you that when you're looking for things, you're really searching for yourself. And that's why when you find the things before you find yourself, you self are still unhappy. But the Lord says, seek me first. All these things will be added. Matthew 10 says that when you search for yourself first, you won't find yourself. But when you search for me, you'll find me and yourself. And so they're hidden temporarily only to be revealed, nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that it may be made known. God is not trying to keep anything from you. But the darkness of this world, the gross darkness that Isaiah 60 speaks about, it is creating such a moment for humanity to turn their hearts towards the Father's heart because God has some unveiling. He has some unleashing and some unveiling, some unleashing and some unveiling. But he likes to unveil. He likes surprising his children. And might I bid to you, some of the greatest surprises from heaven will be unleashed in this season before 2020 is over in your life. In your life. You should probably shout in your living room right now, dance around, get some pans, slap them, tell the kids, we gonna praise God right now. Because some of the greatest secrets that you think have been kept from you, but have been kept for you, God is about to unleash them into your life. He is turning around that bloodline, and you are gonna see yourself as not only an interruption in your bloodline, but you are going to advance the bloodline. Yeah. So what's, what's our perspective in this season? Just a few questions. What's your perspective on this season? What, what's, what you've been hearing? How are you hearing? What are you believing in this season? What are we seeing in this season? What are we reciting in this season? What are we saying out of our mouths? What are we rehearsing out of our mouths? What are we echoing out of our mouths? What word are we acting on? And what news are we responding to? What, what word are you acting on? What, what news are you responding to? CNN? Or the good news? And in what spirit are you choosing to follow in this season? Isaiah 45 says this, verse 3, I will give you hidden treasures from dark, concealed places and wealth, waiting in secret sites so that you recognize me, for it is I, Yahweh, the God of Israel who calls you by your name. Yes. He says, I will give you hidden treasures from dark, not in places of just celebration, not in places of comfort, not in places of you can uh, 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 control your destination or the outcome. No, no, no. I am going to reveal things and unleash things in dark, in dark, so that you can pursue me and know who I am. Concealed places. Everybody likes a little mystery until we start feeling like a fool or shame or we can't find it. 
Because the same people that love mystery also don't like looking stupid and being vulnerable. And that's what gets us stopping and aborting the process of discovering what God has for us because our pride gets in the way. But I challenge you, faith is in the air, in the realm of ridiculous. Faith, faith is in the realm and the sea of the ridiculous. You got to be willing to look foolish. You got to be willing to sound foolish because God has promised, and all I need is one word. I'm going to backtrack to verse 2. I will march out in front of you and level every obstacle. I will shatter to pieces bronze doors and slice through iron bars. He says, I'm going to go before you. So last year this time, the Lord was here this time. And he's already paved a way. He saw the tricks of the enemy. He knew what was to come. He knew the errors of humanity. He knew the plots of the powers to be. And he says, I'm going before you. I'm going before you. And I am going to level out the obstacles. The obstacles that are obstacles to the world won't be obstacles to sons. But if you believe what the world believes, guess what? There will be obstacles, and it ain't God's fault. But when you walk on his word, the word is crushing obstacles as we speak. The word, this time last year, whatever God spoke into this year, his word has went forth, and he's leveled out obstacles. He's crushed them. And it says, every obstacle. Do you believe every obstacle, or do you believe God is still leaving a few obstacles for you to trip over? And then he says, I'll shatter to pieces bronze doors. I am moving out the hard places. I am moving out the stubborn places. The places that have been giving you the most resistance, I am crushing them. In this dark season, that's when I'm doing it. And then he says, I'm going to slice through iron bars. There is nothing that God can't cut through, slice through, crush, shatter, or scatter. But what are you believing? And then I'm going to go forward to verse 4. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, and of Israel, my chosen, I have called you by your name. I have surnamed you, though you have not known me. I did this without you knowing me. I'm favoring you without you knowing me. I'm blessing you without you blessing me. I'm going before you. I'm protecting you. I'm gracing you. I am finding favor for you in you. I am setting you up even before you know me. But a part of the breakthrough is so you can know me. I don't need you to do something to, to get what I have for you. Out of my love, I bless you because I want to know you. I want intimacy. But I don't want you to just know me as provider. I want you to know me as Abba, intimacy. I, I want to I infuse every inner part of your being. Verse 5 says, I am Yahweh, the only God there is. The only God there is. What gods are you serving in this season? Only God. The God that the world is looking for, but is trying to put off as long as possible, but every knee shall bow. And you'll never find another God like me. I promise you, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I've searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I searched high and low, still couldn't find nobody. And like the song says, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Nobody is greater. 
and you'll never find another, I will strengthen your, you for victory. So not only am I going to bless you with, with, with the desires of your heart and the desires of my heart, I am going to strengthen you for victory because there will be warfare you have to fight. We ain't just about to bust the pinata and eat candy. We're going to have to put the candy in the bag and keep on marching. Why? Because there's other people that need candy. And as people see your life, people are going to desire to taste and see that the Lord is good because you're going to have joy in very depressing times. You're going to be rejoicing. You're going to be spinning around. You're going to be praising God when you should be hiding under your covers. You're going you're gonna to take the blinds off of your windows when they all should be closed because the joy of the Lord is leaping inside of you when the world is expecting you to be shut down. The uncertain is meant to push you to the certain one, and that's for certain. The uncertain is meant to push you to the certain. Verse 6 in Isaiah says, yet through you, everyone will know who I really am. Through you, everyone. I need to bless you. I need to live on you. I need to surround you. I need you to stand. I need you to get up. I need you to march. I need you to praise me. I need you to give. I need you to be faithful because it's through your life, your testimony that people will come to know me. Can I get a witness? Everyone will know him when they see you. When you see me, Jesus says, you see the Father. When people see you, do they see the Father? See, you can't be so busy concerned with what the world is concerned about. You're of this, in this world, but not of this world. When they see you, do they see you distracted by the same thing they're distracted at? Right? It's like the car in front of you at the light. Have you ever had a car in front of you at the light that was distracted on their phone? That was me a couple times. Maybe it was you. Or looking to the right or looking to the left or so distracted by their music or, or giving their child a spanking. I don't know. I don't know if they, if they still do spankings. I'm not sure. But need a few of them here and there, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, what I'm trying to say is you're behind someone that is distracted. They don't see they got the green light. So what you start doing? Honking. Because you're in the way. A child of God that is not walking by faith and not by sight, you're in the way. You're in the way of someone else's clarity. You're in the way of someone else's love walk. You're in the way of someone else seeing God because you're distracted. All they could see is your car in front of them stuck because you're distracted. They can't see. They're not advancing. There's people behind you waiting for you to go across the Red Sea, go across the Jordan and walk by faith and not by sight because God has something not just for you. But I want to point out this surname thing really quickly. Surname is a hereditary name common to all members of a family as distinct from a forename or given name. It's a name, a title. And, and surnames hold power and significance. The right surname, which I know we have the right surname, the right surname can give you access to places and people you wouldn't have otherwise. This is what we hold as believers, but it doesn't stop there. 
This is powerful, but it is too shallow. We aren't called to just bring honor to his name, but we are literally his namesake. We have been given the name of Jesus. It is ours. It is how God sees us and identifies us pure and holy, coveted by the blood, our cloak of righteousness. Namesake, the purpose of a namesake is to keep the name alive. Memory, attributes, gifts, talents, characteristics. And many cultures believe that when a person in, in, in your family or community dies, you can pass their name on to a new life and that child will inherit the person personality, traits, gifts, tra talents, and characteristics of that person. And some believe that the spirit of the deceased person will inhabit this new body. That's why it's so important for you to put on the new man, because that's where Jesus is. That's where power is. That's where the overcomer is. It's in the new man, right? This is Christ in us. This is us becoming his image, us renewing our minds, making us have the mind of Christ, his spirit alive in us. The name of Jesus cannot die because it comes back to life with every new soul, every new soul, healing, wholeness, righteousness, provision, miracles, signs, wonders, all that Christ did and greater is available to us because we are his namesake. The Bible says that he bequeathed us. He took our sorrow, traded it for joy. He bequeathed, he took our poverty and gave us his richness. He bequeathed us, he took our depression and gave us his peace. Peace I leave you, my peace. He took our cowardness and gave us his courage. Surname. So I talk to the Christ in you today and say, stand up, son. Stand up, daughter. Stand up, mighty man of God, mighty woman of God. Stand up and get up from that prostrated position and your depression and your anxiety and your worry and your panic and your paranoia and realize there's a God in you for you to stand up so all men may come to know. Your surrounding people may come to know God. And as, as you are trying to unlock mysteries, I bid to you that you are a great mystery that God wants to reveal to your family, your coworkers, your community, your culture, the marketplace. You're a mystery as well. You once was blind, but now you see. You was lost, now you found. You was a prostitute, a dope dealer. You was a drug addict, and now you're a business owner. You are a great mystery. You are a living epistle. When I see you, I see the Father. Matthew 6.33 says, so above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you. You're like, oh, man, he wants to take. He, I don't know how to do that. He just going to call it less important. Let me tell you, God doesn't want to keep you from the less important. He just wants to be most important. He doesn't want to keep you from fun. He doesn't want to keep you from dressing nice. He doesn't want to keep you from traveling. He doesn't want to keep you from being a millionaire. He doesn't want to keep you from your business thriving. He just want to be the most important. Can he, can he be the most important? Because you're not of this world. And when the, the world, the powers that be, have the, have the power to shut everything down and tell you to stay home. But they can't kick the spirit out your house. They can't kick Jesus out your house. They, they, what they did was you just bound me to the house of God. 
As for me and my house, we gonna serve the Lord. So when you told me to stay home, you asked me to stay in the presence of God, which means when I come out, I'm gonna be better, stronger, wiser, taller, wider. I am gonna be bigger and I'm gonna be a greater force to be reckoned with when I come out of this house. Because as for me and my house, we what? Praise, we serve, we love, we seek, we cherish, we chase the Lord most high. The weight is worth it while your faith will birth it. Stay rooted in love and be diligent in searching. The weight is worth it while your faith will birth it. So stay rooted in love and be diligent in searching. He is the treasure we are looking for while we are a treasure that we do find. He is the treasure we're looking for, but when we find him, we also discover us a treasure. First Corinthians 2 says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. What God has prepared, what God has made, and what God keeps ready, keeps it ready. What God keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing, recognizing eyes to see the benefits he has bestowed. Eyes have not seen, I've not seen, you've not seen. The things that God has in store that seems to be hidden, but really are protected and hidden for you, prepared for such a time as this. Eyes have not seen nor ears have heard what God has in store for those who love him, cherish him, chase after him, and make him the most important. And in verse 10 says, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them. Yet to us, there is a yet to us. I don't know about you, but I'm on the side of yet to us because there's a yet to them, they ain't gonna get it. But yet to us, he has unveiled and revealed them by and through his Holy Spirit. Some of the older saints know him as the Holy Ghost, the fire, the, the Holy One. Man, he has yet to us, he is going to reveal them. He wants to reveal them. He wants to plant the seed in part. And that's today what I'm hoping that this word, it ignites something, it quickens something in your spirit and causes you to hear what the spirit is trying to do. See where the spirit is trying to guide you because God wants to unveil some things. He wants to give you new vision. He wants to reveal new strategy. He wants to give you a new business name. He wants to give you new business partners. But do you have eyes to see? Are you so down because your business isn't making as much money? But I promise you with one tweak here, two tweaks there, a step back to the side and relook at the thing and allow God to show you some things, correct some things and refresh some things and he'll blow on that thing and you will double what you've been making in the last season with just a little more patience and a little more pressing in and a little more leaning in. Make him the priority, not your business. He unveils in the uncertain. He's committed to his covenant. He unveils through the imperfect. He's committed to his covenant. God loves the uncomfortable. The time is ripe when the climb is tight. The time is ripe when, you, when we can't see the light. The time is ripe when the tide is highest. The time is ripe when the odds are seemingly against you. As long as I'm alive, as long as Jesus is alive, and as long as there's a soul to win, the time is always ripe for a miracle. Isaiah 43 says, stop dwelling on the past. 
Don't remember the things in the past. I am doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now, right now, it's sprouting and it grows and matures. Don't you see it? I will make a way in the wilderness. He's talking to people that can't see, and he's asking you, can you see? I will make a way in the wilderness, open the flowing streams in the desert. Wild beasts, jackals, and owls will glorify me, for I supply streams of water in the desert and rivers in the wilderness to satisfy the thirst of my people. He's trying to satisfy his people in this season, my chosen ones in this season, so that you, whom I have shaped and formed for myself, will proclaim my praise. Why? So through you, men may know you, may know him. Luke 5, we see when Peter was on the sea with his buddies all day long, all, all night long, Jesus say, hey, let me, can I take your boat for a minute? The thing, can I take the barren boat? The boat that couldn't find no fish. You on your way home not being able to provide. Can I borrow that boat for one second? Can I borrow your time? Can I borrow your business? And after God used it, after Peter trusted the Lord with his boat in his hand, the Lord says, let's go out now. I want you to drop the net again. Peter, like, man, it wasn't, we didn't catch nothing, but on your word, we'll drop the net again. I'm challenging you today. You know the rest of the story. Luke 5, read it on your own time. Drop the net again. Stand up again. Lean in again. Prophesy again. Read the prophecy again. Love again. Like again. Laugh again. Share again. Dance again. Dance again. Sing loud again. Sing a little higher. Swing a little wider. I dare you to drop the net again, again and again and again and again. Why? Because there's something at the bottom of the sea that is there, although you didn't catch it earlier, God still will cause the fish to rise to reach your net. Your net don't have to reach the bottom of the sea. The presence of God will cause the, the fish to rise to the surface and you will have an abundance, not just for you, but your peers around you. Throw the net again. God can do the impossible. Don't wait to get what you need to give them what you deserve. Don't wait to get what you need to give them what you deserve. Don't wait to get what you need to give them what you deserve. Don't wait to get what you need to give them what you deserve, what he deserves. Don't wait to get what you need to give him what, you de what he deserves. Throw your net again. Redig the well again. Stay on your knees. Lord, I pray today that you show us your glory, that you give us eyes to see, and that we can go from orphans to ornaments. My prayer that you go from an orphan mentality to being an ornament. Because a Christmas tree without an ornament, it's not that cute. But I believe God has sprinkled his children throughout the earth to decorate what would be without the church pretty bland place to be. And so I'm calling you to shine. I'm calling you to rise. And I pray today that something stirs up in you, that hope rises in you, that love is restored, strength is restored. And I pray the presence of God will be the oasis that you have been longing for. And I declare your family is blessed.
from generation to generation, a thousand generations. I declare that the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and adds no sorrow is up on your household. I declare in the name of Jesus where you've experienced pain and defeat, mental illness, sadness, depression. I declare that it begins to lift right now as we speak. You just lift your hands up and begin to worship God in this place. But I believe God is not turning it around. He's turned it around. He's just looking for you to turn your perspective around, turn your vision around, turn your perspective and, and your insight around. Look again, drop the net again, hope again, get in the church again, be faithful again, sow again, sow again, and sow again, and sow again, and believe God. And I promise you, before this year is over, you will look back and say, oh my God, I almost drowned in that tide. But the Lord is turning it around right now in Jesus' name. Father, bless them, bless them, bless them. And I rebuke the devourer and I declare that this word will return a great harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. In the mighty and majestic name of Jesus, go get your love fixed, man, and have a powerful, victorious, victorious day. In Jesus' name, you win. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.